Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Frozen Four podcast brought to you by NHL News Updates. I'm your host, Luke. I got my two guys with me, Josh and Steve. Stack's unable to be here. We do have a special guest that we'll introduce in just a minute. But first, Josh, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Had a nice, easy work day. It's finally cooled down enough. Um, I mean, it was like high 80s last week, and now today it's like it was like mid 70s. It rained, so we had the morning off and went in at one o'clock and mowed around at a town park for a while. And now we're here. So yeah, feeling pretty good though. How about you, Steve? Uh, pretty good. Uh, work day was pretty easy for me, minus some driving through uh, inclement weather. Uh, it was, no. huh? Snow? <laughs> uh, no. Um, very, very hard rain. So basically, I got a discounted car wash that was probably better than your high school club could ever do to my car. That thing was wiped <laughs> clean. So the rain, I, I, it sounds like the rain came from here and got worse as it went towards you guys. Because that, well, that was, well, I was out by, uh, I was at Turning Stone today. Cause we had like a company we had that's out by almost to Rome. Oh, wow. Yeah. You went to it's, it's right off of exit 33 off the throughway. So yeah, we're out all the way at turning stone and about 20 minutes into the drive, you just saw this sheet <laughs> of rain coming right at us. And it was like, well, at least it'll get the bird shit off my car. <laughs> I hate that you just ignored my beautiful Italy joke said you went all the way to italy today yeah completely ignored it because you're an ignoramus anyways (laughs) luke how you doing um yeah so it rained on us in our first service which ended up being a mod so it was a three soldier fold so that wasn't fun i got to stand out in the rain and then uh the other one was two hours late so i've had quite a day of you know just yelling and anger um but that being said, we're going to jump into some hockey and we're going to go ahead and introduce our guest on this episode. Steve, why don't you introduce him? Yeah, sure. So uh, this is a guy I played with out in Syracuse, always a star, uh, once a star, always a star uh, from the Syracuse stars. He then went on to greener pastures, played four years or five years, sorry, at uh, Robert Morris University and PA playing for their ACHA D1 club team and getting an accounting degree to boot. So we have another person who is not afraid of numbers on the show today. So we have another nerd. (laughs) I mean, uh, you could kind of say that, I guess. I really don't like accounting. I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. But thank you guys so much for having me on the show. This is awesome. Uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing because, you know, this means a lot to me and what, what, what you guys are really trying to help out with and the people we're trying to help. So. Yeah, our our buddy here, Stephen Ralston, hosts his own uh, podcast actually called uh, Chell and Chill. Yes, sir. Thank and you. For, and for and his nickname is always Rolly, and that's what we're going with because honestly, the world doesn't need more Steve on this show. It might uh, cause the apocalypse. Like, watch out for some horsemen by the end of this show. Uh, we'll we'll try to make sure the end of the world was actually 2020 and not 2021. <laughs> Anyways, Rolly, how you doing, bud? Well, I'm doing okay. I mean, I, I'm like you. I'm trying to study for the CPA. Um, waiting to start work in uh, July. So less than a month, I'll be moving back home towards D.C. 
and I'll be starting with a BBO. So kind of excited, kind of not uh, going to miss college. I'm sure all you guys do. So, yep, that's about it with me. Yeah, so we're going to roll into uh, the main reason we brought you on the show. Being a Robert Morris alum, If for those of you who don't know, high level kind of here's what's going on. So Robert Morris not only has three club hockey teams, they also have a D1, had a D1 men's and women's team, NCAA. Very successful teams, uh, been a big, they basically built a rink back when they started the program and it's really grown hockey in the Pittsburgh area. I was reading some articles about how much it means to the community and it's really amazing. What happened was late May, Robert Morris kind of just did an, a press release about how they were going to revamp their programming for their hundred year anniversary or some crap. And embedded in that was there will no longer be an NCAA D one or men's or women's team. So they just cut the teams. These are successful programs that bring money into the university and they just cut them. So we brought Roly on here because he was one of the few who was at a meeting with the president of RMU to discuss basically what the fuck. Yeah. And uh, so, so I guess to backtrack, yeah, it happened May 26th. Uh, it was around three o'clock in the afternoon. I was actually going to pick up my friend who's on the women's team um, to go on vacation. It was me, her and a couple other friends. And uh, when I called, tell her that was, that was on the way to go pick her up. She was crying and she said they cut the program and she basically told me like five times because I thought she was talking about like her major, like her psych or whatever the hell she does kind of program. And then, um, yeah, I was, I was in shock. Um, their captain called me crying. Uh, and, you know, I'm really close to a lot of the women's players and some of the, some of the men's guys too. And yeah, it was just an absolute shame. So, um, yeah, we can get into it. I, so basically they called them up on a zoom call, told them within like 10, basically you're done. And this is May. I mean, you have to remember, most teams are filled by then. Late May, most other colleges are filled. So these girls have nowhere to go. And, and guys, they have nowhere to go. They have nowhere to transfer to. Um, and, and, and they try to claim that it was on uh, the finances, the finances of the, of the, of the team. And it's, it's kind of a shame. So, yeah, it's, it's an absolute joke. And uh, a lot of people in the community, uh, players, uh, are very upset. The hockey world in general is uh, pretty upset about it. Yeah, I know. I was reading some stuff about it before we hopped on here. And like Steve was saying, this is like an extremely successful program who I believe they came into the same conference as Niagara when they first started. And then that conference kind of blew up. So they went over to the CHA, I believe. Yes. Um, or not. No, they left. The, they joined the AHA because the CHA disbanded. Um, but one thing that I was reading about their coach was he was there for the entirety of their involvement in the CA or in the AHA. So since this team has been around for like 20 years or so, they've had the same coach and he's built this program and he's had all these players go on to play professionally in Europe and North America. And it's just crazy to me. Like, I don't understand this at all. It's stupid. Um, yeah, and on top of that, uh, the women's team this year finished um, number eight in the country. They made it to the national tournament in the quarterfinals. Um, and the men's team, I, I think they got to their conference championship and lost 
So uh, it, it really, it makes no sense. And we can get into the financials later. I have some financial notes that will tell you where they, where they set up, like in comparison to basketball and football. It, it, it makes zero sense. Cause I'll tell you my team, I sent uh, Stavi, I guess Steve, a, a video earlier of one of our games and the, the, the trial that we get. And if you, I mean, you could probably double that, you know, for, for the NCAA team. So it, it really makes no sense uh, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, to put it in perspective, that crowd was bigger than anything I ever saw at Fredonia. And it was for a club hockey game. Like even the D3 team at Fredonia? Even the D3 team. That yeah. crowd was big. I mean, they have a really nice rank and they can fill that thing. Yeah. And that uh, I think, Rolly, you sent me one where you scored and that place was loud. Holy yeah. crap. It wasn't me that scored. I was on the ice. Got the nice plus, but I, yeah, that that's my line. They're, they're, they're very good. They're better than me. It made me look good. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a place that sells out not only with students, but the, the, the local community. I mean, uh, if you tell people that you go to Robin Morris, they, the first thing you ask you is about the hockey team. I mean, when I was in Ocean City a couple of weeks ago, right after the program got shut down, um, People on the bus, on the beach, we said that we went to RMU. They were like, oh, we're so sorry about the hockey program. Like people already knew about it because that's really what our school is known for. They're not really known for much else, maybe like nursing and accounting. But th there's not much else is, uh, in the in the spectrum of sports that goes along at uh, RMU. So. so it's not even more – it's not even a performance thing, it, it sounds like. It's more of like financials and just the school wanting to change focus maybe or like – what exactly? Because because I was like I said I was reading beforehand and it was like how you said they're involved in like the local area of like Pittsburgh and things like that, and they're partnered strongly with the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is like the only college team I've ever heard of that's like really close with a uh, NHL team. Like that's insane. Like you, do you know anything much about that partnership or do you know how that came to be? Yeah. So the funny part is uh, they were partnered with the Penguins and Steelers. The Steelers. I think just dropped out the trustee, uh, the, the GM of the Steelers just dropped out of the trustee of, um, of the board of, uh, of RMU, um, right after that whole thing happened. Like it took like two days and he was gone. So some of me tells me this is, this, there's some sort of scandal. There's something weird going on behind closed doors. And I keep joking around with my friends saying, Oh, wow, our school might be on Netflix in a Netflix original in a few years because of everything that's going on. It just doesn't make sense. And I have some financial stuff here. Um, these are total expenses from 2020. Men's hockey expenses 1.4 million. Women's 1.3 million. Men's basketball 2.2 million. Women's basketball 1.4 million. And football 3.1 million. So you look at the expenses, and with hockey definitely making probably the most profit out of all of them. I, I can't imagine. I don't think I've been to another sports game other than maybe one football game because my cousin was on the team, and maybe one basketball game because. I had a friend going who I hadn't seen in a while. It no one really shows up at these other events. The hockey is is the biggest sport on 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 campus, and um, it makes no sense. Uh, the president just purchased like a fifty million dollar basketball facility. Um, he's putting money into all these other sports, but hockey. It seems like he's he's just kind of gotten rid of, and it was part of his plan all along. He's only been president for five years, and within those five years, he's already demolish the whole sporting program and the whole athletic program i should yeah, say i was going to bring up that uh basketball complex so I, I was reading it was someone writing for like the school paper or something 
Uh, it, he was a graduating senior, and he's like, yeah, in 2017, they bought a $50 million complex for their basketball and their volleyball teams and made absolutely zero effort to have it like retrofitted or scheduled at a time where the hockey team could use it. So they're still traveling 10, 15 minutes to, uh, I forget what the rink you guys use is called. We, we just call it the Island, but yeah. Gotcha. I, I, it, uh, club team plays out of there too, right? Yes. I mean, okay. we, we, we have our own locker room. The D three team has their own locker room and then both men's and women's team have their own locker room. It's a um, nice rank. I, I played there yeah. a couple of times when, uh, cause the Robert Morris D three ACHA team was in the college hockey East. And when I started at Fredonia, that's where we played. So we were down there a couple of times, uh, my first two years before we made the switch over to, uh, the ONY CHL, but it's a beautiful rank. Yeah. I mean, it's new. It's like 20 years old. Like you said earlier, it's, it's brand new. They even planned on, you know, uh, trying to improve it and make it bigger that I guess the home rank, like uh, the main, the main colonial rank. And uh, it makes no sense how it went from being, Oh, we might move it to five minutes from campus rather than 15 minutes. So, you know, more students could go or, or try to make it a bigger, bigger venue. So we could have instead of five, a thousand people go, we have 7,000 people go. And it, it just took such a turn. I mean, I even went to the president's house when our team went to nationals a couple of years ago and the guy lied through his teeth, basically he looked at me. He's like, Oh yeah, we're going to definitely build a new facility up the road. And then, uh, fast forward two years later. Now the whole program shut down. So, so doing, doing a little bit of research myself, what I saw was it, as, as we said, it had to do with quote unquote funding and basically saying that they couldn't find enough outside money to help fund it and i'm sitting here thinking if they're getting this big of a crowd and you know it's as good as it has been especially the past couple of years i'm sure plenty of outside people would be fundraising and donating money to keep that team there yeah uh people have been actually donating to gofundmes that one of the players uh, started and on top of that, uh, that actually leads me to my next point. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Black Bear Sports. Uh, the guy who owns it, he owns the Youngstown Phantoms in the USHL. He has 27 rinks and over 50 sheets of ice that he, him and his company own. So he actually made a public statement through Twitter. He wrote a letter to the president of RMU basically saying he would offer to purchase the rink, handle all facility costs in order just to save RMU hockey. If he didn't want to sell the rink, he said, all right, we'll do a triple net lease in which he would remove any of the financial burden from RMU and even transfer any current burden to Black Bear. So this includes like the real estate taxes, building insurance, maintenance, rent, utilities, and any payments that are typically under RMU's responsibility, all that. And Howard still will not talk to him. So, so basically, the only thing RMU would have to worry about is the fact that it's an RMU team, everything else handled by Black Bear. Yes. Yeah, so essentially he would have to, the school would just basically have to pay for what the sticks, equipment, that stuff. Uh, and I guess scholarships, which that would probably drop half a million off of the expenses from this, from one year. Yeah. I, yeah. Like they would, <laughs> instead of paying 1.4 million, they'd be paying the 0. 0.4 million. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> Exactly. And and the thing is, is, is 
all the all the offers that have come out and like all the stuff that's come out, Howard stayed silent the whole time. Um, he, he even in that meeting, I mean, when I sat through it, it was about an hour twenty meeting. He left about forty five minutes in. It was only because one kid who was a transfer challenged him and said, "Listen, buddy, we don't want your bullshit political responses. We want to tell you. We want you to tell us." where all these donations are going because they're a hundred million. They're over a hundred million ahead of schedule for this 100 year, whatever that they're doing at RMU of donations, a hundred million and none of it's going to hockey. And one kid's like, where's that money going? And every time Howard started talking, saying, you know, some political response, he goes, where the hell is it going? He just kept yelling at him. And he basically was saying like, look, I, I just transferred here and I haven't even put in the work for what these guys have. But this is frustrating on in my in my circuit like in my stance, my point of view, because I'm looking at all these kids and they put their time, their blood, their sweat and tears in these jerseys to represent you guys at such a high standard. And what you're doing in response is cutting the program, not in the beginning of the year and saying this is your last year. They did it after the season, after the school year, and saying, Oh, you have nowhere to go. So it, it's guy's a joke. You don't have to be an accountant to tell that this shit doesn't add up. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't. It's, it's just like mind boggling because it's not like, like I said before, it's not like it's performance based. I mean, the D one NCAA team was beating teams like Michigan, Penn state, like legit, not to say that their conference isn't legit, but like teams that are winning the frozen four RMU is beating them. Like, that's that's insane to me, and 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 the conference they're in, from what I've read, is very tight knit. Like when there's a non-conference game for RMU, the ten other teams in the CHA will root them on. Same with if any other teams. Like I, I don't know if that's exactly true, but like it just sounds like a very tight knit group and community, and it's just ridiculous that this is being allowed to go forward. Yeah. So uh, just like devil's advocate a little bit. How would you uh, respond to the argument that, uh, you know, RMU is not that big of a school. I think it's like uh, 4,500 undergrad, which is around the same as Fredonia, if I'm not mistaken. And a little bit more. A little bit more. All right, whatever. So uh, I saw a quote from Pre- President Asswipe, and it said <laughs> that uh, – they by reducing by the two D1 programs, the men's and the women's team, they had f- still had 15 D1 programs, which is more in line with what other schools in similar size and scope have. How, how would you respond to that argument? Well, I read you the financials earlier, and, and let me remind you and this is a, some you probably don't know. I'm pretty sure when he first came in, the school was sized at 5,500. It's kind of weird how it went down by a thousand. A thousand students just kind of yeah. walk through the doors. Yeah. Um, but I mean, look at it. I mean, basketball and football cost much more. I mean, you could argue, I don't know if the scholarships are included in that, but I mean, football, you have how many players? How many? I mean, that, I mean that, yeah. I mean, even combining the men's and women's teams, you still have more men's players, you know, under scholarship than women's and, and, and men's hockey. So, where you're putting your money makes no sense to me. Now, I will say Howard did play four years of college football. Mm. Now, maybe he has a bias to it, and he built this basketball facility. He must love basketball. And it, but it logically, if you're if you're a businessman, this makes zero zero sense. 
it's it's oh. kind of frustrating but oh yeah most definitely if you're looking at it looking at it from a business aspect you're going to keep the stuff that brings in the most money and maybe spend a little less on ones that you thought would bring in more money i'm i'm gonna make a reference that only some people are gonna get roly you'll probably get it this is kind of like enron so the biggest problem with enron back in the day besides all their like financial reporting shenanigans and just basically faking profit a big thing with them is they invested in a bunch of shit that they weren't specialized in. like they weren't good enough to be running businesses in the industries they were in but they were always good at you know natural gas pipelines this RMU's hockey team is like their natural gas pipeline, which is now being neglected by someone who's looking at the shiny new object in something that the school clearly does not specialize. I didn't even know they had a football team. <laughs> and I've been on the campus. Like, are you're kidding, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to go to RMU to play football. It's like, what? Is it a club? Like, play football? <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean you, you, hit, you hit the you hit the hammer right on the nail. And the sad oh, right. thing it's is, Pop Warner. The sad thing is they're offering all the players that they basically just ruin the lives of all full scholarships. And I have like a I have a friend um, on the women's team, Michaela. She was in the uh, she said I could say her name, but she said she was trying to explain how crappy the situation was in the meeting. Howard responded with saying that he understood. My friend Boyle, she responds back saying, "No, you don't. You got to play four years of college football." You don't know how we're feeling. This is the worst four weeks of my life. And then this guy had the audacity. Now I shit you not. He started explaining that he understood because his girlfriend in college like passed away. Now, I'm sorry what? that that... Oh, no, I'm not even kidding. This is literally what you responded with. Now, I get that that sucks. You know, that's horrible. It's, that's, that, you know, that's devastating to someone's life. But you're talking to a bunch of kids that you just screwed over their lives and hockey careers and you come back trying to guilt them and make them feel bad for you because because of something that happened to you in college, it is totally different. And what you're saying is just not the right place, not the right time. That don't add up. That don't correlate. Yeah. Ob you know obviously, obviously a tragedy. Yeah. Yes. I'm not sure what it has to do with the situation, M much like uh, <laughs> another obscure reference. So in the office, when Robert California is the CEO <laughs> – Really? He's, he's yeah, really. I'm doing an office reference. So he's complaining about having like the biggest house in a neighborhood where uh there's a bunch of where there uh the housing market crashed because it was around that time, like 2008 or whatever. He goes, the one percent are suffering too. It's like, no, you fucking prick. <laughs> It's... This 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 president of RMU sounds like yeah I played four years of college football, I played on the bench <laughs> like it it just doesn't sound like like uh, it, it sounds like he's on his own agenda to be honest like uh, yeah for sure. I think when he got in here I think he knew what he was doing oh and, most uh, definitely yeah this, this, this is... has been in the works longer than just planning this 100th anniversary thing this has been in the works since he came in. Yeah, and the and the sad thing is, is if you really were trying, he kept saying, "Yeah, you keep trying and trying and trying to figure things out." Well, you'd think that you make this fucking public. Sorry exactly. for the language, but you would you, like you you would go out and you would start asking for donations or help years in advance. You go to the Penguins, 
yeah. uh, you know, the market that hockey's really big in right now. I mean, you have Crosby, Malkin, Laten whatever. You have three Stanley Cups in the last, like, what, 12 years. I don't understand how you're not trying to reach out to a community that clearly loves the sport, you know? Uh, it it makes zero sense, and uh, all these athletes now. I mean, uh, three of them just committed or transferred over to Ohio State. So, snaps to them. I'm happy for them. But you know, there's there's a lot of other athletes that are struggling right now to find a new home, and they might have to finish their time out of RMU and not play the sport that they grew up playing. And they didn't know that their last game just happened a couple months ago. So it's a, it sucks. Well, and the crazy part is, is like. Imagine how many of these kids had started to get scouted by NHL scouts or NWHL scouts or, or, or any league for that matter. Like, like I said, RMU, it, I, I, I believe has had at least like AHL players or ECHL players in America. And then, you know, European leagues like DEL, SHL, things like that. Like imagine how many kids were trying to do that. And now they don't get the chance. Like, that's just awful. Like, some of those kids went to that school to play hockey. They didn't want to do anything else in life. Like, how kids go to Alabama to play football or Michigan to play hockey. Like, you can't – you just ruin someone's career path. Like – Yeah, and, and the, the funny thing is, is, like, at the same time – so I think they have two out of the three graduating women's players are, I think, getting looked at by the NWHL right now. So – it's and it makes no sense. Um, and on top of that, RMU isn't like Michigan. It's not like those great schools that have eight sports where they're absolutely nasty. In. RMU, you have one sport that you're good at. And then I'll, I'll give women's basketball a shout out too because you know they 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 have been successful, and I'll, I'll admit that. And the women's lacrosse team recently has shown success. But the for the most part, hockey's been your most consistent successful sport. And you just shut it down. I mean, he just screwed himself. I, I'd be shocked if they are still school in the next decade, or at least at the same standard. Not they won't be. I won't even know. They're definitely not going to be the same standard as they were before. But they're going to struggle getting donations because a lot of the donators were hockey players, people who played hockey, or people who went to the school to watch hockey. They went to a hockey town, and um, <laughs> this guy, he's he's an idiot. <laughs> Yeah, and you got to think, like, how much harder is going to be to recruit to a private school where you just cut the most successful programs that kind of bound the campus together? Like, how you like, they now are in a situation where not only do they have this absurdly bad PR, and shut up, Luke. I know, I know, I said a banned phrase, but it's a situation you. where. It's a situation where you can shut your trap before I put my foot in. <laughs> but they're going to have a lot of trouble recruiting and bringing students in. And I mean, you, you cut two great programs and now, and we're going to ask you about it. Where does that leave the club hockey teams? Because I, I'm sure army wasn't your first choice, but they had hockey. So that was a really big pull for you. No, I mean, I, I had like a couple D3 offers, but they were either top of the country or bottom. And um, a lot of the bottom teams, they weren't going to, 
they're basically worse than than our than our team, the the team that I was just on. And and uh, I, if I were an athlete at RMU right now, I'd be shaking because they just cut the most successful team. What like what do you think if you're on another team that's successful, but you say you cost a little bit of money? Oh geez, like I I'd be I'd be shaking. I'd be scared. And I don't know. I I, I hope the club team's okay. Um, it, it, again, he's not answering a call from his best offer. That's trying to literally take so much of this financial burden that they have. Um, but it, it seems like during the call, he made it seem like he was listening to offers from from other people. So I'm I'm a little nervous about it, but. I think in the coming years they'll be okay, but in the future I, I I really don't know. It makes me nervous. They said they want to try to get a women's club team, so I don't know what they're trying to do. Like I, that makes no sense to me. Um, but so so one one last thing before we move on to uh, just kind of talk about what's going on in the NHL right now. Um, do you think some of these uh, D one guys? And in girls, if they do make a women's club team, move to the club team so they can still play hockey. Women's team, I would say that's a hard no. Um, I think a lot of those girls. I mean, you just went from number eight in the country to now not having a place to play. Yeah. I think that the standard that they've been set at, they it would be miserable. It'd be like playing peewees. <laughs> like in, in comparison, if you were to play club club hockey for them i mean that, that i skate with these girls they're, they're good hockey players and and uh you know for them it's definitely different for the men's however with already like an established team and there's still a lot of good players in the achad one level um i wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple like say three or four guys who are say trying to transfer like maybe midway through if something doesn't work out with uh another school and some of their players i wouldn't be surprised if a couple guys will i are captain from my uh my fourth season at, or my fourth yeah my fourth year at rmu he got a few uh texts from um some of their guys saying hey you know tell me about the team like we might some of us might play so maybe like three or four guys but i can't see a lot of the men's guys coming down i definitely don't think the women's players are gonna move down to play club especially on a team that isn't even established so uh, a quick question uh, before we let Josh jump in here. Um, are you able to go from NCAA D1 to play in the ACHA? Because I know uh, certain leagues, I know our league, we were ACHA D2 and then went to CHF, and that's a whole other thing. But you weren't allowed to play if you'd played like CHL or if you were in the NCAA. So there's certain rules not i i mean i think the rules change every year but when i played my freshman year we went down to central oklahoma and they had like a couple western michigan players that transferred over and played so i don't know what the rules are now i talked to my coach about it actually like last week he said i don't know if they'll be able to play but maybe so i don't know we'll we'll, we'll have to see okay and it's probably different rules for achad one too so hopefully that doesn't mean like if they're stuck there, they can't play hockey because that would just be the biggest kick in the balls. Yeah, no, absolutely. I just had like two final notes here. One, if these guys, I mean, not, I'm not saying the guys from D1 team NCAA should move down to the club team, but 
in doing that, you're also screwing the club team because if three or four guys move down, three or four guys are going to move from the D1 club team down to the D3 club team because it's unless they earn their spot because you don't have enough roster spots for those guys. Like it, it's just screwing everything on all levels. Well, for, very fortunately, as long as like not too many guys move down, like say it's just three or four, I don't think it'll be that big of a deal only because with the COVID year and some guys quitting because they didn't think we were going to play. We had only, we had a very short team. We only have five D this year. Um, we had, I think four full lines of forwards. Um, and then once we got to nationals, we had injuries and then COVID hit a couple guys. So we only have four D and like three running lines and then like guys playing with broken wrists. Like it was, it was an absolute mess. <laughs> but with with so many guys graduating, I think we'll have like six six or seven guys who are graduating, um, including myself. I think it won't have that big of an impact. Now, guys who maybe wanted to play first line next year, who are going to be potential captains and have letters on their jerseys, yeah, they might they might have to play second line again, even though they've deserved over time to play top minutes and and be you know number one power play, you know have have that label of uh you know being the top guy on the team which is you know it's not always important it's not the most important but it, that's special to a player if they're able to lead their team in points and you know be be that guy on the team i you know that's that's the only problem um but i'm not too concerned that it's gonna screw over too many guys you know at least at this point yeah and one final question here for everybody it just popped into my head do you guys think that this maybe could be something from the NCAA. Like, I don't know if they, like, I don't see how it could be, but like, what if it's like some sort of like pressure or something where it's like, because the NCAA is weird. We all know that. Like with their whole, like all the stuff where like students can't get help with like money and shit if they have scholarship. Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they just did something to make the NCAA upset, but I don't know what it could be. Like, I don't know. I don't That's think so. There's something that popped into my head if we're talking conspiracy theories and, and and ulterior motives and all sorts of stuff like that. Like, who knows? Let's hire Nicolas Cage to investigate. <laughs> I'm going to steal the RMU <laughs> hockey franchise. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow, would that be something? That would definitely make Netflix uh, a Netflix original right there. <laughs> Dude, um, it, it's the true sequel to Tiger King. Oh, oh God. <laughs> RMU King. What a transition. What a transition. No, I don't think so. I think it something happened with one of the donors. Maybe the you know, some of his biggest donors said, you know, we want this to be a basketball score. We need to we want this to be a football school or something like that. And that is what I think uh could be one of the conspiracy theories, but I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year or so we learn a lot more. Um I mean, after listening to that call, he he really he deferred every question. He didn't answer the questions. The guy like literally was basically saying, "Well, we tried, we tried," and they're like, "Listen, fucker, you're not you're not answering anything that we're saying." And one kid like literally was like, "Fucking answer, answer one question, please." And that's when he yeah. got off the call. And then the athletic director unfortunately had to take it over. And you could tell he had nothing to do with it, even though he took a lot of the blame at first. He had nothing to do with it. You could just tell in his voice. He he really felt bad for all these kids. And yeah, no, it sucks. I, I, I don't think it was the NCAA. I think it was Howard and whoever his biggest donors are. Yeah, you'll, oh, you'll have to see. It was just an idea. I, I just see two in the next coming years, what kind of like petitions, even school wide, are made about the president, even. Yeah. Spe speaking of uh, 
you know, petitions and stuff, how can our listeners, if they want to help, how can they help? I think you mentioned a GoFundMe earlier. I know there's a petition floating around that uh, if you send us, we'll definitely send out through our wavelengths. Uh, how, how can we help? Yeah, I mean, honestly, just uh, spread the news. I, if you have Twitter, a lot of people are doing hashtag Save Army Hockey. Um, I think there's a GoFundMe on Facebook. I'm sure if you just type in, um, ha- you know, hashtag Save Army Hockey, it'll help. Um, even even Spittin' Chicklets gave us a shout out when, when we reached out to him. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, just keep spreading the word. Uh, I think the more pressure the president feels, hopefully they can save the program. Will they save the team and keep the caliber? Most, most likely not. But, I mean, they already, I mean, the women's team just lost probably arguably the number one goalie in the country, uh, a girl who put up 130 points in her career, and then another one who's like, you know, a high caliber defenseman. So, you know, the, and I, I, bet a, I bet a bunch of other people are going to start transferring too. Not a lot, but I bet those top players, they're probably going to be out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. I'm hoping everyone get out, but. You'll, you'll probably see. see a lot of the top players trying to find scholarships at other schools to still be able to play D1 hockey. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, go. No, I mean, I, I think it shows that even when some of the top players are struggling, that's what makes me nervous for, you know, everyone else. You know, the sophomores and the freshmen who haven't really gotten the dip their toes in the water in college hockey, it, this is now an even bigger challenge, and they're going to lose a year. I mean, they may not lose a year of eligibility, but how long do you want to stay in college for? They already got a COVID year. You know, they I think everyone got a COVID year to get an extra year of eligibility because of COVID. But now, like, what are you going to do? Go to college for six years? Like, yeah, right. what are you going to do? Like, it makes no sense. So, well, the, I bet if you'll see with like some of the top, top guys, like maybe you'll see like other schools try to like make accommodations to get them that because like they know that this player is like top caliber player and they played against them or something like that. You know, like, I feel like with hockey being the tight knit community, it is other teams are going to try their best to like help out these guys and girls. Yeah, uh, maybe, but in the same sense, I, I think, I mean, if you guys played hockey, you understand that this year with the COVID year, it was very difficult for a lot of schools to play. I think like half the schools didn't even opt into a season so a lot of kids deferred their deferred their freshman year. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Their freshman year to go play juniors again, you know, or, or do something else. And now all these kids are coming in at once to play college. So these these transfers, with it being so late, a lot of these rosters are already full. So that's the biggest issue. And that's the thing that sucks. You know, they could have told these kids a year ago if, the, if there was really a financial problem they're trying to figure out for so long. Buddy, a fucking heads up would have been nice. Am I not right? Am I am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, no, exactly. <laughs> like it's just out of the blue. That's the worst part in it all. Like if if it was if they were told like mid, even middle of the season, like hey, we might not have a team or might not have a program at the end of the year. Find other find another team or find another school or something like that. You know that fucking blows. But hey, at least I know now. Now I know I should be looking at other schools and other opportunities for my for to be able to play. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what much else to say. It's it sucks. Yeah. It, it sucks. I you know I know a lot of these people, so no, I really appreciate you guys uh talking about this. It's definitely a good topic, and uh, something that needs to be uh, made more aware. So yeah, oh. we'll definitely keep everybody updated on it too. Oh, most definitely. And remember that hashtag is hashtag Save RMU Hockey. So go find that. 
on social media and Google it, whatever you need to do to help even raise awareness about what's going on over there right now. But that being said, we're going to jump into some NHL news and what's going on as these semifinals are getting underway. Big news out of the East right now. New York Rangers hired Gerard, 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 Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant as their head coach. Um, today, 6-14, June 14th, um, as their next head coach, reporting at least four years. So Rangers got a decent coach, in my opinion. He is a gallant man and a hell of a coach. Uh-huh. Very funny, Steve. I like it. <clears throat> you can put in the uh buttumch when you edit. You can you can just you can just mute his mic too. That's a that's also an option. Yep, he's being muted. No, but from a Caps fan standpoint, I mean that that's scary. <laughs> I don't want to go against that guy. He played against the Washington he played against Washington the finals. I mean, he, he obviously knows how to play against that team. A team that's getting yeah, the, older too. Vegas team too. <laughs> yeah, it's a, dude, that guy's a freak of nature. <laughs> well, and like you even look at where New York is headed. They got guys like Shesterkin, Keandre Miller, Lafreniere, Capo Caco, um, Adam, Adam Fox. Yeah, I, I was getting there. I'm trying to think. Of, I, I The first person I, out of all of them, I listed Shesterkin out of Lafreniere and Caco and, and like, come on. But, and he's, he's got the older guys too, like Zibanejad, Panarin. Like, so that Rangers team is going to be very scary next year. Um, I mean, I still think they got a little bit of growing to do, but like with Chris Drury as GM, Mike Greer as hockey ops, and now Gerard Gallant as your head coach. Chris Drury as front office. GM. No, as the front office. Yeah, he's the only guy right now. He doesn't have any assistants. President of hockey ops. Okay, I I thought he was in player development, but I I I I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I think he was, and then he got – I don't know. He's still there, which is, like, a bonus. So. Yeah, Mike Greer is awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome they used to be line mates, too. I know. <laughs> Drury Greer, Kotalik. Uh, Mike Greer. glory days. He, he is the head of hockey ops. I just looked it up. Thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Steve was wrong. Damn yeah, it. Steve was wrong. <laughs> Damn it. But no, I think yeah, mark the date. New York's gonna be scary next year, I think. Oh, they're yeah. definitely like, gonna be competing. I mean, they were on the cusp this past year for a playoff spot. And uh, honestly, I they kind of tailed off at the end, but that's what happens when Tom Wilson uh WWE is your best player. It's it's it'll definitely be interesting next year, especially back to going back probably to the original divisions. Because the Islanders, obviously, right now are facing off against the Lightning, are looking very good ahead of the finals. Pittsburgh still Pittsburgh, Washington still Washington, as long as they re-sign Ovechkin. <laughs> and Philly, if they can get their shit together, if Carter Hart can become the goalie that they want him to be, is going to be there. And then the Rangers being there as well, like, and the, and the yeah, Carolina, Carolina's there too. The Islanders are in the conference finals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that division, it sucks being it's, a fan it's of It's going to be a high-power right division next next season. You think, okay, timeout, timeout. You just said it sucks to be the fan of the Caps. 
Who who do you think we're all fans of? <laughs> no, I I know, and I love the Sabers no. too. Actually, I I'll think I, you guys know that. I I'm a fan of the Sabers because uh, being a cop here, I'm waiting so long. Uh, I know the Sabers feel that pain, and that's why I was I was dying for the Blues to win a couple few years ago. But yeah, no, I I really want the Sabers figured out, and I really hope they don't have to get rid of Eichel. But it does not seem like that's going to be that. Well, it I mean, doesn't look good. We'll we, we'll have shows in the future that dissect that. We did win a cup in '99. Everyone forgets that. All right, in the crease, in the crease. <laughs> it was the Sorry. fastest Batman's ever moved, not on an airplane, to hand that <laughs> cup off. Yeah. But yeah, that division's going to be wild. And speaking of Carolina, who I even forgot to mention first, first of all, for that division, I know the Islanders are in this cup are conference finals right now, but Carolina also, you know, was two points away from winning the president's trophy themselves. Um, their news out of Carolina right now is they're reportedly allowing Dougie Hamilton to speak with other teams. Um, which opens a lot this offseason. He's been a defenseman who's been very good on whatever team he's been on. He's kind of got the shit end of the stick. Yeah, I mean, Boston I, I just kind of dumped him for no reason. Like, he played great there, and then they were just like, yeah, we're not resigning you. And then Carolina's like, gimme, gimme, gimme. <laughs> well, he's <laughs> in Calgary right? after that. Oh, I thought he went to – I thought he No, went he went from Boston to Calgary. That was the trade, I believe, mm. for – um that Elias Lindholm was in that trade. Uh, Adam Fox was in that trade. It, it, there, there were a lot of pieces in that one. Wasn't Hannafin in it or Hannafin was in it too? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he was on Carolina. I remember that. Yep, I forgot yeah. where he played because I don't watch Calgary at all. That's like <laughs> yeah. the only team I think I just don't watch. Uh, yeah, I, I feel I like mean, not many people do. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'm missing much this year. <laughs> So a tweet from Elliot Friedman kind of dissecting this a little bit. Um, it kind of gives both – it gives the Hurricanes an option of like a sign-trade sort of deal where like they trade him right away and then the team – they trade him right before the draft or right at the draft and then that team signs him right away sort of thing. Um, the other thing it does is it allows Hamilton to see if the Hurricanes are going to make the best offer for him, uh, potentially allowing him for a turn if he doesn't like what he sees out there. Um, it's kind of a weird – it's like a – they're playing everyone else is playing checkers and they're playing chess sort of move if it pays off and Hamilton comes back. But it could be the flip side of that if Hamilton leaves and they just lose one of their best unless, unless they trade him for actual like help instead of the well, right, trade we've seen before. That's the thing here is he can negotiate with the team and then go back to Carolina and say, Okay, I want to go to this team. They're gonna sign me for sure. Negotiate a trade if you'd like, or something like that. Yeah. So just like what we were talking about with the uh, president of RMU, they're allowing, they have open lines of communication where, you know, obviously the president at RMU did not have. So they're being very upfront and honest. It was like, okay, so this is kind of where we're at. Cause we have, we have to sign Sveshnikov. We have all these young defensemen. Like we only have so much cap. Like we love you as a player, but if you want X amount of money, we don't have bottomless pits. We're not Tampa Bay. We can't go $20 million over the cap and have someone fake dead for a whole season until the playoffs. Like we have our, we have our cap. You can go look at other teams, see if you want to go somewhere else and then come back to us. 
before July 1st. So everything doesn't happen all at once and everyone rushes and it's just a shit show <laughs> that now, way they can all plan. Do you, do you think that this, uh, they might be okay with this just to, uh, cause they have a strong defensive core. I mean, they're, they're, they're loaded up there. Do you think that goaltending might be a thing? Cause I know they have this new young kid. I don't know how to say his name. Nedjakovic. Nedjakovic. I could not figure that out for the life of me. But I just heard it sound so much. He's a rookie though, and and now in the NHL you need two goalies. It's it's right. so. I mean, look at the Islanders; they have two goalies running almost evenly throughout the playoffs, look at and those, it's working uh, out for them. Golden Knights too. Yeah, it's in. It, yeah, look at Vegas last year, and um, and even this year too. But it's it looks like that they might be trying to build in one in like a different area. Um, and they, like you said, uh, Steve, they, they have a lot of young talent that they're eventually going to have to resign and pay in the coming years. So it's, it's all pretty interesting. I mean, I'm not a GM. I hate, I hate being the couch GM because I know that a lot of stuff I would do would probably backfire. So these guys, there's a reason why they're there. And I guess there's a, there's a bigger, there's a bigger scheme to, uh, what's going on over in uh, Carolina, man, Rolly with some honesty, <laughs> Trust me, most of that armchair GMs have no idea what they're talking about on Cap Friendly. It's a lot harder of a job than I think people realize. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some stupid trades, but there's a reason. I, I mean, there's Ryan a O'Reilly. Oh no, the funniest one when I was uh it was George McVee. He picked up he picked up Martin Erat and, and uh Michael Lotta for uh, in exchange for Phil Forsberg. Forsberg. And you're yeah. thinking, like, how's this guy an HLGM? Well, he drafted Mike Green at 27th overall. He drafted Backstrom over other big candidates in the draft. He's he's a he's a drafting genius. I mean, you saw the expansion for Vegas. They went to the cup their first year. I mean, the guy, there's a reason why he has a job. Now guys make mistakes, but there's, there's a reason, a reason why. why he was well, fired too. Well, there's also a reason why fire. these guys are in the NHL and they have the jobs that they have. So I'm sure there's a big reason behind letting him go. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll just have to see. And then and then there's Kevin Adams, who you know ran the Harbor Center and the Pagulas really liked him. So he's like, that guy. We want that guy. Uh, so yeah. a couple uh, a couple of UFA or well free agents in general for the Hurricanes coming up this offseason. You got Svechnikov, who's an RFA. Um, that's going to be a lot of money. Uh, Cedric Paquette, who you probably want to keep around for a little bit, maybe I don't know. Um, Jordan Martinook, he's your assistant captain. You might want to bring him back. Um, Dougie Hamilton, obviously. A couple more UFAs of like younger guys. All of your goaltenders. All four of your goaltenders, Reimer, Mrazek, Nedjakovic, and this Antoine Bibo guy. So all of them have to come back. <laughs> or at least some uh, two of them. I mean, you'd hope that they bring back Nedjakovic. He is an RFA, but you never know. So they have a lot of work to do, and I think that Hamilton is seen as an expendable, which is kind of questionable seeing some of the other guys on the team, but I digress. Their, their defense is just so deep. That's the thing. So Hamilton is probably the highest paid defenseman or one of the highest paid defensemen he on that is team. the highest paid defenseman on the team. So they're looking to probably not have to re-sign him at that high and maybe get a goaltender or a depth forward piece out of the deal if they go the trade route. Right. They probably do not want to let him just walk, and that's why they're saying, hey, go talk to other teams, see where you can go and see what teams want you so that we can make a trade instead of having to just 
lose him for nothing. Sabres should sign him for one year at $8 million and then trade him to Boston for Taylor Hall. Honestly, I don't know if your GM could do much worse. So Stavia, sign, sign me up on that. Sign me up on that petition. Per- personally, I, like I wouldn't be against the Sabres trying to get Dougie Hamilton. I think he's a very solid defenseman. and would oh, fit. His underlying numbers have always been amazing. Well, it's been weird how he's bounced from team to team in the way he has. And I believe he's a right shot defenseman. Yes, he is. And a right shot defenseman that I really want Sabres to get rid of. Risto for Hamilton one for one. (laughs) Don't think that would ever happen. But hey, hey, he's an he's a not he's an unsigned free agent, so technically he has lower value. Risto value is rock bottom. Negative. Yeah. <laughs> just Risto and Eichel for no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You'd get a lot more. You're, than you're giving me Seth Jarvis too. Just and Seth like a Jarvis. First. Just and Seth like, Jarvis in a first. And Dougie Hamilton and like another piece. Like, I don't know, Ryan Suzuki. Risto for the rights to Stephen A. Smith calling your hockey games and a washing machine. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Washing machine declines as it is an object and has a no trade clause. Again, as we mentioned, this is obviously also probably some kind of cap move. And we know a team that is very good. Or very bad, very good, very sneaky, very maybe. They cheat. Illegal. They cheat. Yes. yes. They cheat the cap. Yes. Um. And they're in the conference finals against the Islanders. We're gonna get into that talk. They played last night. They looked Islanders like dog game shit. one. Yeah, the Lightning looked like dog shit. I mean, they still had very good high scoring chances, but compared to what they've looked like for this whole playoffs, what just happened? Like. I Barry Trotz. Yes, Barry Trotz should win the Jack Adams. He is the best coach in the NHL right now. I just want to point out uh, if we go back and listen to last week's episode for those listening, go for those listening. If you go back and listen to last week's episode, um, I said that if the Islanders win the series against the Bruins, I can see them beating the Lightning and going to the Cup final. Um, I'm going to stick to that word because I got the Islanders winning this series in six or seven games. Yeah. Rolly. So you, as a Caps fan, you've seen trots in, in what turned into his prime. So what, what does he bring to a team? What was the difference between, uh, I, I forget who was coaching before, uh, yeah. but switching from him to trots. Um, so I think it was Adam Oates, but I could be very wrong. But it, no, it was, it was. I I've met I've met Trotz a couple times. He's he's first of all he's like the nicest guy, and from what I hear he's he's a team oriented player. But he treats like everyone from the top down the same. So a team like the Islanders, where you really don't have like a superstar than like Barzal, you 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 have a team that's pretty complete from the top bottom, and you got guys who are willing to buy in. So what I've noticed with him is if you if you're willing to you know, buy in and play the boring style of hockey that that you know he tries to implement into their into the team's game. They're going to be successful. I mean, uh, you saw Washington when they had weapons in 2018, and they're doing the stuff that Trust was trying to preach for years. I mean, they 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 were almost unstoppable. So, 
Um, I I actually had the Islanders in seven on my pod. I did a episode last night right before the game. And uh, yeah, I have Islanders in seven as well, only because I will never pick two skilled teams in the, in the conference finals. Like one of them has to be upset. And I, I don't know why. I just think that Islanders have what it takes and that boring structure is going to really wear down Tampa. I think it's just like the whole culture in New York as well. Cause everyone, I mean, I always forget personally, Lou Lamarillo is their GM and oh, yeah. Lou is very, very old school. Like I remember when they traded for Paul Mary they he shaved like two hours after he got traded and like they said he walked in and he was like guys do you, did, did i shave enough like like is it is this good enough like because he, he doesn't let he, they're like the yankees in that sense but i mean this team like you guys are saying is just so deep like my favorite pairing on this team so far from defensive stand defensive wise pelic and um pulak like they are unstoppable and before this year, they were like second or third pair guys, and now they're the first pair. They're up against Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, and they're shutting these guys down. They shut out the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first game. I mean, granted, it is the first game, but this is the team that one of their their, their best players scored 128 points two years ago, more than his own team scored wins and losses wise they won the cup last year not to mention that they have the best goaltender in the world right now and andre vasilevsky and these this team is just shutting them down and it, like you guys said it's or I, I think Roly said it the only real standout is barzal like quote-unquote superstar he had but, a fantastic game one too his yeah, breakaway that, goal that oh was sick. my god and, and that's something that the honors are going to need in this series because of how fast Tampa is and how much theirs is just skill. They're going to need a little bit of skill going the other way. And that's why you keep guys like Matt Barzell and maybe try to bring in maybe one more like skilled guy, even if it's a defensively skilled guy to generate that little bit of offense that you do need against a team like Tampa Bay. Yeah. But Barzell needs to be the best player on the ice. Yes. Every time he touches it, he needs to be the best player in the series for the Islanders to win. Even with the defensive structure, Tampa is so deep and so talented that he needs to be the standout. And he, he is the engine behind that first line. And I I think he can do it. I think this is going to be his coming out. Yeah. Party. Oh, Dude. my God. Yeah. Also, Palmieri and Bolivier. I don't know if you guys have watched the playoffs. Those two guys have been absolute animals. Like Washington play, dude, he's a nut. Every time he picks up the puck, you know, like that's my big. I coach, and my biggest thing is you pick up the puck, start moving, get your head up, and start going. And that is the one thing that he does, which is it sounds like so simple, but good hockey players do that. Who do they keep their feet moving? What's what's that line? It's it's Bavillier, Palmieri, and I want to say it's Pajot, maybe, but I don't I don't know who the third line mate is there, but they were just snapping it around like crazy yesterday. I remember they intercepted it right at the blue line. And I think it, it, if it was pa – if Pajot was on that line, it was Pajot. He skates towards the net, pulls two defenders with him, drops it back to Palmieri. But Bolivier is coming in on the right wing for a trailer. Palmieri shoots it over to him, and he gets a one-timer, and Vasilevsky makes a great save. But it's like that all happened in like 10 seconds. And they almost just like scored. Like it was like, holy shit, what just happened? Like it was so, an absolute laser beam. 
But to go back to Bavillier for a second, in 13 playoff games this year, he has 11 points. Like, that's fantastic for a guy. Playing either second or third line minutes, too. Right. And he's another 2015 draft class guy. So, again, the 2015 draft class was the best draft class in NHL history. Since 2003. 2003. I was about to say, 2003 is a disgusting 15 has a ton of amazing talent. But 03 has certified Hall of Famers at this point. So yeah. give it another 10 years and we'll see how long some of these guys stick around. Because you got to think, like Eric Stahl, yes, he's not nearly as good. But Flurry in the back half of his 30s is disgusting. Yeah. That being said, speaking of Flurry being disgusting, Vegas takes on Montreal. Those games start tonight. And I'm very excited being a fan of Vegas since they came to the league. Since I heard about Vegas coming, becoming a team, I'm like, hmm, Vegas. Okay, I'll, I'll roll with that. Um, they're rolling on every cylinder. They, they were down 2 nothing to Colorado, win four straight, and will face Montreal, who is steamrolling up steamrolled up north but vegas we'll, we'll we'll see if that was the jv division very soon and honestly i think this entire series comes down to carry price i think the layoff that they've had is going to do price a disservice because he was on such a roll that and they, they won like what uh seven games straight because they mm -hmm. won three against Toronto, yep. four mm -hmm. against uh, Winnipeg. I think that time off, like he's an old, he's an older guy. Like you think, oh, he's getting rest. No, when you're on that role, you want to stay on that role, and you don't want to come off the ice. In the first three wins against Toronto, apparently he was like playing a little injured. So, and then he didn't get much rest between Toronto and Winnipeg. So, it actually might be doing him some good because. If he was playing injured or had a little bit of something nagging him or whatever, he's had time to rest. It. So, and there's been a lot of injuries actually in Montreal. Three other guys, um, Ducharme, Ducharme, French coach du name. Ducharme. <laughs> French coach Leg. name. Um, or is it Ducharme? <laughs> but anyway, he said that um, Petrie, Evans, and um, – I believe. Oh, Petrie, Evans, and Merrill all well, travel. We know Vegas. about Evans. Well, yes, we knew about Evans. But Petrie, Evans, and Merrill all traveled to Vegas. And Petrie is supposedly closer to, like, he could probably be in, in game two. Um, Evans and That's Merrill. For them. Yeah, Evans and Merrill, maybe not as much. But, I mean, I think Evans is probably pretty close, unless depending on how much that hit really rocked him. Um, I don't remember what happened to John Merrill, but I think it was like a in, during the season injury. I go ahead. <laughs> I think like 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 I said last week too. Vegas is a different style of hockey that Montreal has not faced this year. I say this all the time. The West Coast plays so much different than the East Coast. It's a lot more fast paced, and it's. And Vegas is just such a deep team. Will Carrier was 
has been an animal the past two games against the Avalanche. Former Sabre, Will Carrier. Fourth liner, playing with Ryan Reeves and insert name here at center. Like Fun, fun fact, Will Carrier was part of the Ryan Miller trade with St. Louis to get oh him dear. to Buffalo originally. I hate it. <laughs> then he was picked in the expansion draft. Oh, I um, hate it. <laughs> which is what I'm thinking about because I saw it? him as an expendable. Year. <laughs> I saw him as an expendable, mm-hmm. and we didn't know this was going to happen with Will Carrier. He, right. we, we saw him as a grinder. We saw him as, you know, insert name, hey, go out and just be a little, like, be annoying. Like Braden McNabb? Yeah, oh, that? no, I, I was just going to say, uh, I think this is, I have Vegas in six. And the reason is because I think that this is a team that, um, they, they have not played a team like Vegas yet. Like you said, that I think the Canadian division definitely was the JV division. I think Toronto was the only powerhouse and they've had some pretty shit luck in so long. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think Price will be able to steal a couple games. But on the other end of the ice, you have arguably the other, I, they they're both up there for constant votes right now, uh, Price and Flurry. So with Flurry playing the way he is, Price playing the way he is, you have to look at the team depth and the way that both teams are rolling, and it just looks like Vegas has the edge here. So I'm going Vegas in six. Oh yeah, Vegas and Vegas in five or six. You you even looking at the depth, even looking at the top two lines, Marshall, Carlson, Tuck, Stone, like. Those four in general, name four players, same caliber on Montreal right now. You're forgetting Matt Pacioretty, too, exactly. who's playing against the team that drafted him. Exactly. Oh, my. Even better. And P- Patches has been their best goal scorer. And, and Stevenson's playing on that first line, and he's gelling so well. And that was a fourth line on that was a fourth line guy on Washington during their exactly. run. So you I have to think. Got, I remember when he got traded last year or two years ago. Me, Luke, and Steve, I think, were on our way back from a Sabres pregame or Sabres preseason game. I, or, I was on my way back from a Sabres game with somebody. And I was like, oh, shit, Washington just traded Chandler Stevenson to uh, Vegas. And I, whoever I was with was like, who? who? It was definitely <laughs> me. I was like, who's yeah. that? I think, I think it was when we went to that Leafs game, uh, Leafs-Sabres game. Yeah. But, dude, he can play. He's not, like, flash or anything, but he's fast. He is, yeah. he played like that's why he's so good on that first line because he doesn't really need the the skill to, I don't know, toey guys and go bar down or whatever. But if he can just do the dirty work, keep the pace up for that line, I mean, it shows they've been absolutely weapons. He's like a less skilled version of Andrew Cop for one yeah. bag. Yeah. Yes. So mm-hmm. he's, he's a bit, he's a bigger guy, but he can move really well and he is, can play up in the lineup because he can gel with better team, better line mates. And I, I don't know his analytics or his underlying numbers, any of that crap, but I would assume that they're pretty good. Yeah. Just, it's, from, it's, just from the eye test, I'm thinking those possession numbers are going to be really good. Yeah, exactly. And with that, like, like I said, like name, name Montreal's first line. To fully to know, um, I'm trying to remember. Is they, Anderson on that line? I, I don't know their line know. configuration. Ha- another have- X factor is going to be how does Caulfield hold up or uh, or Suzuki Cockney. or uh, Cockney Emmy. 
how do they hold up against a Vegas team that plays in your face where everyone is going to run you through the glass? Like think about a six foot five, 230 pound Al Tuck at full speed, crushing you into the boards. I forget who it was, but he truck sticks somebody on Colorado. I think it was McKinnon. It was McKinnon. It was. Yeah. <laughs> truck sticked him in game six. I was like, holy shit, Al. <laughs> he wanted it. I I only want Montreal to win for Carey Price. Like, I do not want to see a Canadian team win this cup ever again if I had the choice, but just because oh, Canada hockey's They haven't since 94, so. Yep. But anyway. Nin- 93. Blame Canada. Sorry. 93, Canada. 93 was oh, Montreal. <laughs> 93 is Montreal. 94, I just know because my – my mom's side's all Rangers fans. Trust me, I've not stopped hearing oh, about the '94 Ranger the, Cup. So, yeah, wasn't that the Messier year? Yes. So I've heard about that. I've had to watch it a million <laughs> times. So, yeah. No, my my say, condolences. What I wanted to say though is, I want like there. He is the only reason I want these guys to win the cup. I don't want to see anyone else on that team besides Carey Price win the Stanley Cup because he has carried this team for uh, Carey. Carey. Um, he's carried this team for so goddamn long. And got nothing for it. So, yeah. Well, it's he's got a few he's... gold medals to well, go with yeah. it. So, it's not like yeah. he hasn't won shit, but right. I, yeah. I understand your point. Yeah. I just hate Montreal with a burning passion. I actually hate Montreal more than I hate Toronto. Whoa. Okay. It, I, I, there's something I just about don't like I just, Montreal. I hate them. I hate them so much. That, that's true because they all like, oh, we speak French. Like, but but yeah. but take that with a grain of salt because, as you all know, I have plenty of hate to go around. Oh yes, we we know Steve <laughs> and our avid listeners. Anyone who's well been know. here since the beginning knows. Um, or anyone that knows you. <laughs> <laughs> but that that said, I. Molly was there this. when I was chasing fools down the ice trying to kill him. Yo, I've this kid this. was always grumpy in the locker room. Always. Like, I sat next to him, so that's probably part of it. I always drive him crazy, and he would get so rattled so oh, quick. Man. Was Steve one of the kids where he, like, <laughs> wouldn't listen to music and, like, he just stare? Like, Dude, he's, no, he's I'd a, listen to music, but I would stare. Yeah. No, he's a robot. He's a robot. We called him robot. Like, he, he, it's unbelievable. It, it, like, I'd sit next to him, and I'm a very upbeat, loose guy in the locker room. I'm and not. sitting next to him was, it could have been the worst combination of stallmates because I'd be <laughs> dancing around like in the locker room for games. And Steve's like looking at me, like, please just leave me alone. Don't even look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've yeah, said this. Acts like a robot and plays like a robot, skates like a robot, shoots like a robot. I have been programmed to play defense. <laughs> I've said this. Bad I programming. Think, <laughs> I think after each each. I um, forgot the offensive software. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I've said this after each um, round and at the beginning of the playoffs. Vegas is my pick to win the cup. Hands Mine down. Was Colorado with Vegas as a second. Like yeah, if the only team that could beat them was Vegas. And I mean, I was rooting for them. So yeah, hands down. Vegas is my pick to win the cup. I think they'll take down whoever they, I think, they, I think they take down Montreal again. I said five, maybe six games. Carrier price will steal one or two. Um, And it's the same if, if they do win it in that, whichever team wins um, New York and Tampa, Vazzy or, 
Sorokin slash Varlamov will steal one or two games, but I think Vegas is just the team this year. We're going to have some great matchups here, though. Even though Mm -hmm. I think Montreal is a little outclassed here, Carey Price can keep a minute. Uh, Sorokin versus Vasilevsky. And that Islanders defensive structure versus the offensive onslaught of Tampa. This is going to be fun, actually. Yeah. Quick predictions for tonight's Vegas-Montreal game. What's the final score? We'll start with you, Rolly. Um. I always like to go off the board because if I use my hockey knowledge, it's usually wrong because the sport is so stupid. So I'm going <laughs> to go Montreal 2-1. to one. I was going to say that, so I'm going to say 3-1 with an empty netter for Montreal. I suck. Josh? 6-5 Vegas. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Off the board. Why not? Maybe Six not goals on price. <laughs> Maybe not 6-5, but like a high-scoring affair. All right, I'm 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 saying it's gonna be a fun opening night. It's gonna be two two. They're going to either overtime or double overtime. Jonathan Marchessault is gonna hit that empty netter or not empty netter. Um, oh, overtime okay. winner. Let's pull the goalie in overtime. <laughs> <laughs> Price I, thinks I, that I, there's a penalty and he goes to the bench <laughs> and there's not. Like Tuka Rats when he thought the game was two one, but it was two two, and he started to go to the bench. God, can, can I, I know I'm asking a lot, but can we save the OT games for the weekend? <laughs> like, Let's get, I, I know it's not busy season anymore, but for the love of God. I don't know why, but I, I see this being, like, especially game one, just being such a close, hard-fought game. It's going to be low scoring with a lot of high-powered chances, especially on Vegas's side. Um but Carey Price is going to keep him in this one. But I think Vegas will come out on top in game one, especially playing on home ice. This so. hurt. This hurts me to say, and you know it does. I think you're probably right, Luke. <laughs> we'll have to see after <laughs> and tonight. It, it hurts um, me to admit it because somehow you always seem to be sort of right on these types of things, and it drives me nuts. Those listening, uh, whenever you're listening, uh, let us know who's right. Uh, we'll let you know if any of our predictions are right. I'll go back and listen myself. Make sure we'll see who's right. Josh, I really I really don't think it's going to be you. No offense. Why should be him? <laughs> right? if, if Vegas is as, as a high-scoring power or high-power scoring team, as you guys say, why couldn't they put up six goals on Carey Price? Because I don't think the Canadians could put up five goals on Flurry, and I don't think Carey Price is going to allow that many at the beginning of the series. Maybe the end of the series if they're down three one or something already. Um, I'm going to stick with it because no, no, hey, you said it. That's your this prediction. This is brought That's to you to. by Nashville's going to win in seven, and Roman Yossi for Marco Scandella, oh. Matt Hunwick, and a first. So, <laughs> Josh is our uh, resident comedic relief. In the hockey world, um, I just won't release this episode. How about that? But <laughs> you'll, you'll just cut this part out. Like, that being said, we're heading I'll cut everything but my voice. As we're getting closer and running some low on some time here, we're gonna roll into some closing time, and in doing so, Steve, what do you got for us for closing time before we send it over to Rolly? Well, uh, 
So I, I had a fun weekend this past weekend. I turned 26 last Friday. So I'm officially in the back half of the 20s. Which, You're old. All right. Bite me, 97. You're not that far behind. You'll, Shut you'll up. Don't there. remind me. Yeah. But, you know, uh, ha- had had a nice time. Um, and then my dad was up this this past week. Uh, day after we recorded last last week or no it was the day we recorded uh got to have dinner with him and my, my brother dan and that was a great time uh you know looking forward to a bunch of vacations coming up gonna make a southern adventure trip hoping to hit charlotte nashville and atlanta we'll see how that goes go to the but, atlanta aquarium all I've right heard sounds, sounds good i've heard but it's incredible other other than that you know I don't have anything absolutely insane today except for the whole I got my car washed for free and almost died because naturally every time I drive anywhere near Syracuse, my car is in danger of imploding. (laughs) Usually user error. Always user error. Let's be real. Um, Usually usually user error. Rolly, how about you? Guests on the show, what do you got for us for closing time? Well, I guess uh, we'll go off of Stavi there. I mean, I, I've been going out to bars and stuff, but nothing too crazy. Uh, just trying to soak up my last few weeks in Pittsburgh. But uh, when I played juniors with Stavi, I have a little story for you. We were driving down the road and talk about him with cars. It's an absolute nightmare. There was a blizzard, and him and the he was trying to convince our coach like so much, like, oh, we have to have practice. And, uh, you know, even though it snows a lot in, in, in Syracuse, I should say, it, it snowed a lot this day. It must have been like three feet of snow at least. He picks me up because my car couldn't even get out. And um, we're driving down the road with me and, and my buddies in the backseat. And uh, there's, a, there's a truck in the, in, the, in the ditch on the side of the highway. There's a cop in the shoulder. And I was like, you know, Stavi, state law, got to move over. And he's like, I can't. Like, there's no way. There's three feet of snow on the ground. I can't move over. There's a lot of traffic. I'm like, well, you got to do it. You got to figure it out. Truck spins on the highway. Stavi slams on the brakes going about 30 miles an hour. We go boom right into the side of it. The guy's car must have like taken like a teeny dent. Stavi's car totally totaled. Best part though, cop comes out. He looks at Stavi goes, you know, you could have avoided all this if you had just followed the state law, moved over another lane. I couldn't even, I was already losing it. And then all of a sudden stuff, he's like, my insurance can't go through the roof. And I'm, I'm like literally almost in tears. So I had to get out, take a picture of the car for him. I felt so bad, but at the same time, it was like a movie. It, like I, I can't even explain it, but that's one, that's one story of Steven that I guess I have to offer you guys. And I just want to say thanks a lot for having me on and giving a shout out to my school and helping out. So oh, yeah, pretty much for, for coming on and taking some time out of your day. Um, so Steve, um, what do we do when there's a cop on their shoulder now? Um, I put it in cruise control. And uh, wait, wait, no, no, I do the SpongeBob thing. I floor it. Floor <laughs> it. You blind, you blindfold yourself. You might as well just do that. <laughs> yes. The real, the real question is, did you guys actually make it to practice that day? My uh, teammates saw us on the side of the road, and they picked me and my buddy up, but I they left Stephen there. He showed up. <laughs> He shut like halfway through because we had like four hour practice in Syracuse. Ridiculous. So he was able to shut halfway through and yeah. we were all, you know, stick tap and we were fired up. Yeah. The, the, the cop ended here. up driving me to, uh, no to, way. 
to the rake. Now, meanwhile, this is like a mile from the exit we take for the Cicero rank. So like oh I see God. the exit, exit whatever for, you know, Cicero North Syracuse. So that's also a reason why I didn't want to move is like, I, I don't want to have to move and then get back in here, even though that was clearly the wrong choice. But it's like, I could see the sign for getting off. I was like, God, I could honestly walk to the rink from here, <laughs> but my car blew up. <laughs> and, honestly, and, and probably also, one of my best. That, that guy was driving a pickup truck to an auction. It wasn't even his truck. That's why my <laughs> rinky-dink little Sonata with dealership tires is still on the road, and he drove himself into the ditch on I-81. Like, ah. <laughs> uh, out of all my accidents and terrible driving decisions, that one hurts me the most just because of the absolute fuckery of the whole situation. There were like six things that shouldn't have happened that did happen that led to that accident. Like having practice in a blizzard? Like me yeah. as the captain not saying, coach, no practice. We're, <laughs> we're going to stay home. It, it, it was... It was so. It was funny a very expensive practice for me. I told him I wasn't going. I was like, I was like, look, I love hockey more than anyone else, but there's just no way. Like, I literally, my car when I pulled out, I slid into the ditch. I went to go reverse, and my car turned forward and went into the ditch. That's how bad it was. So when he was like, "No, we're going," I'm like, "Dude, your car's like the same as mine, like in the sense of driving through the snow." And oh my god, it was that was one of my greatest memories of Syracuse. Probably one of his worst. But that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen at the expense of him. But, oh, that was... Oh, there, there are plenty of stories at my expense. And next time we have uh, my buddy John on, ask him about the Where's Grease story. That definitely goes in with our We Don't Know Geography segment. We've had plenty of those, but... Um... We'll go over to Josh now. Josh, what you got for us for closing time? Honestly, not that much again. Um, you know, last week I was saying, you know, I was doing some stuff for me. I've uh, been doing stuff for me. It's been feeling really good. So like I said last week, everybody take care of yourselves. Make sure you focus on yourself and good things will happen. But other than that, um, like I said, I had a nice easy day at work today. Um, yeah, not really too much to report other than lawn mowing is hard in the heat and i have a farmer's bag that's about it <laughs> i um i i had drill this past weekend and it, it was a shit show as it always is i i also got some interesting news that uh, will be shared possibly eventually not now but eventually it could be shared within the pod and what happens in the near to far future but that being said follow our socials the instagram is the frozen the number four podcast twitter is at frozen four pod our personal are in there as well big shout out to roly coming on being able to talk about rmu remember hashtag save rmu hockey Go find that, help them out, find ways, you know, hey, message the president of the school, say, yo, what the fuck? Do something like that, help them out. We don't want to see this go under for all the student athletes involved. And also go check out his podcast as well, Chell and Chill. Do you, do you what have platforms can you find that on? 
Sorry. Do you have social stuff? Social, like, a social, social, social media. media and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah we how, have, how can they reach you? Yeah, we have one on. Uh, we have our own podcast channel, and then we also have. I have my own uh, Twitter as well. Um, I'll be retweeting this as well um, when you guys release it. So, um, yeah, no, reach out to us. It's a challenge show. I'm, I'm assuming. I don't really control the whole show there. My buddy does, but um, yeah, I assume it's just challenge show. Um, two L's with shell and then two L's with chill. There you go. I see. I see a nice little play on words there. So that being said, as I say every week, be safe, be smart, and go watch some playoff hockey.